What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Progressive Gentleman Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm here with... Matt. And uh, we're actually joined by our wives today. Uh, we're going to be talking about a show we just recently attended, uh, Coheed and Cambria, the Window of the Waking Mind tour with Alkaline Trio and Mothica. Uh, we went to the Stage AE Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania show. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, it was, what, my 20th time seeing them, my eighth VIP experience, because, of course, we're going to get the VIP. It's Coheed. But, um, but this was actually, Matt, this was your first experience. Yeah, yeah, it was my first time seeing them, despite having listened to them for, uh, like, 20 years yeah, almost. I was going to say, you actually listened to them before I did. Um, well, maybe not listened to them before I did, but liked them before I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, you probably heard them before, yeah. but you didn't like them at first. Yeah, I think we had mutual friends that showed us, or, or that listened to it as well, that showed yeah. it to me, and I was like, what is this nonsense? But um, <laughs> now I regret not uh, finding them sooner. So I, yes. I'd probably be much, much higher than 20 on my on my show list, but... Yeah, I don't know um, how I've gone this long without seeing them, but uh, it was great that... I, I was actually surprised, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great that my first one was the uh, the VIP, so that was that was pretty awesome. Could have had... Eh, no, it's not fair to say. I was going to say, it would have been nicer if it was... Ba- like, for example, the prime like first experience for you probably would have been when they toured with Between the Barry to Me and Russian Circles. That would have been so yeah, awesome. That, yeah. that would have been... That was back in Afterman days, but... I mean, they've had cool lineups with, you know, they toured with the Deer Hunter. They've toured with, uh, no, that's not, I was going to say Leprous, but that was between the Barry to me that did that. Um, that would be a cool tour. That would be cool. Tour with Leprous. But, um, but yeah, Stage AE, outdoors. Uh, I've seen Coheed maybe four or five times Stage AE outdoors. Every single time that I've seen them there, it's fucking rained. So <laughs> this why, time was no different. Yeah, why why break the trend? So of course we got poured on, but pack that's, your poncho. <laughs> but yeah, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, stage AE in general, I I prefer typically the indoors to be honest. Um, the outdoors, I maybe maybe I'm biased because it literally rains on me every single time. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, the outdoors, it's not bad. The it's a very up close to the stage concrete situation followed by like a bunch of grass sitting area. It seems like most people, well, I guess most shows that I've been to outdoors, they've like sat in the grass and stuff. Yeah. It's uh, kind of like a, like a double tiered, like there's kind of a yeah. walkway that cuts in the middle between the like kind of pit cement area and then the like grass area. That's kind of like more, I guess, chill. Like most people were like sitting and yeah. hanging out back there. Bring your picnic blankets and yeah. you know, enjoy the show. Set up camp. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Colleen, I think this was your first time seeing them as well. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Matt and I were were both uh, COVID. Or I'm sorry, COVID. Coheed. I'm so sorry. COVID in Cambria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, Coheed concert <laughs> virgins. Um, and I they def- do sell masks at the merch booth. <laughs> they were ninety five dollars, so <laughs> I wouldn't recommend buying one. But you know. that that is insane. Yeah, and I um, I did get very uncomfortably close to a few humans, and so I did put my <laughs> mask on. Just sticking so- with that. COVID. Theme. <laughs> so gotta have that safety <laughs> but um but yeah but all joking aside it was a, a great um first experience to see a coheed concert um steph i think you said it was maybe number eight no no, no. three yeah um i think two of them were vip this time was was not VIP since I stayed back with you, but I appreciate it. <laughs> still had the black cards. You guys still, well, you could have got in early if they weren't so far behind. That's oh, we you guys had sandwiches. Early, That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. You did get in early, but what's, what sucks. One part of the show that was unfortunate for black card holders and some, probably some of the prize VIP holders was they played the early entry song before, like at least a Half quarter. Yeah. I was going to say at least a quarter of the line got in. So yeah, there was like, there were probably less than a hundred people that saw them play the acoustic song. Yeah. And we counted, there were at least 56 people in that line for the, for For the mage. mage. And then the, the, the prize like wrapped around the corner. It was around the building. I was, I, it was really difficult to just, just like decide which line was the right line to be in because there were three separate lines. It made sense for us because there were only 50 people in our line. 
but the other yeah, lines were almost the people like, in our line had posters and right, things you knew yeah. they were getting signed so but the other lines were like equal length almost it, it was very confusing that's why i had to call you and say which line are we supposed <laughs> to be <laughs> yeah and i was like i don't know the one that's actually going into the building i, don't, I had no clue but because yeah we even being inside like we had no idea what was right like wh- where people were supposed to stand for the next yeah they didn't they didn't label it at all like you would think that they because they had the line roped off yeah so you'd think they would have put like a little sign that says like prize here it's funny because they so they did oh really um, i didn't see but it. it was so like it wasn't in an obvious place it was one sheet of like printer paper (laughs) <laughs> and, written, and written on it was just like prize or VIP and black card or something like that. And it was just one. And with how many people were standing there, it was impossible to see that. I mean, people yeah. were walking up asking like, is this the right line? Is that the right line? No, like nobody knew what was going on. Fortunately for us, it didn't matter because we knew we were the first <laughs> ones to get in. So I was like, yeah, we're in the right spot. But yeah. Well, and the funny thing was that we eventually did get into the VIP line. And then when we got in, the people didn't check our black cards or, or anything. They yeah. were just like, go ahead, you know? And, and I am a little bit bummed that we missed the, um, the acoustic song. I, yeah. I was looking forward to that. But as, as Matt mentioned, Steph and I did get sandwiches <laughs> instead of seeing the priorities. VIP song and, you know, they were really delicious. So that, you know, <laughs> priorities. Yeah. Food, food is always a number one priority, especially, uh, You'd rather get some outside food than go in and buy a $10 cheeseburger, which I still did anyways because of <laughs> just my general body. body. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I need to eat. But, um, but still, that yeah. That cheeseburger did look pretty good, though. It was, you know. I got a bite. It was, it was all right. <laughs> it was like middle school cafeteria level, you know? So it's like it's as like a, a young, bite of nostalgia yeah you know a bite of this that's a great way to put it it was a bite of nostalgia but delicious. you should be jealous of our sandwiches because they were not ten dollars and also delicious and we got fries on the side oh yeah well we had chicken mcnuggets <laughs> 20 of them i ate 10 our sandwiches were still better yeah whatever but anyway <laughs> so yeah i mean it that was unfortunate kind of a unfortunate way to start for the for the black card and uh, prize VIP holders, but we did mage VIP. That experience was kind of cool. I mean, we've done other VIPs, I guess. Well, I guess you and I have done, this is only our second VIP together since we did the one with darkest hour. Yeah. Um, uh, this was my eighth VIP with Coheed and it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. They do it the same way every time. It's, uh, it's pretty much down to a science for them. You get in there, you line up, they, you walk right through, they're sitting at a table, sign your shit, get back in line yeah it's like you go from you get the thing signed and then immediately enter another line and i was kind of confused at first i was like what are we in a line for (laughs) it was like all right now we got to get the photo it's like yeah the the, honestly the best part of this vip for me because this i think is the first time this has happened um was that they had the merch booth inside which stage ae whenever they do outside the merch booth is normally outside so Mothica's stuff was set up outside, but Coheed and Alkaline Trio stuff was set up inside, which was where the VIP line was. Usually after you do the VIP, then they send you out and you get to go to the merch table. Yeah, I, I think it made sense to have Coheed stuff in there because like people were buying stuff in a hurry like before they got in the line so, to sign. So that's why I'm pumped about it because that's something that I wish they always did Yeah, because there's often something that they have there that I would love to get signed. For example... During this tour, uh, what, what was his name? Uh, Corey McGeehan? Corey McGeehan. I, th- I don't know. Uh, local-ish but... guy. I think he's, I know he's from Pennsylvania, probably somewhere in the greater Pittsburgh area, I would assume, but designed a poster specific to uh, this particular show on the tour. Uh, lots of Pittsburgh themes in it, which is awesome. And it, it's just overall one of the cooler posters that I've seen for Coheed uh, in general. And I think a lot of fans felt the same way because people were like, oh, somebody needs to buy that for me. I saw people offering like twice face value plus like $50 for your troubles. Like, wow, that's that's quite a quite a payday for someone to just grab an extra poster. But um, (laughs) but again, I thought it was really cool that I was able to then go buy that poster before meeting the band. So then I could get it signed and then uh, yeah, have that little bit of extra coolness with the poster. So. 
that part I really liked. I liked that we were able to also buy all the merch we wanted because doing Mage VIP, at least at Stage AE, as long as you have your VIP pass, you can go to your car one time. So we were able to load up on all the merch we wanted, get all of our shit signed, and then take it all to the car. Yeah, that was nice. Not which, have to yeah. hold that the whole show. That would because I mean, tough. I spent more money probably than I want to admit. Um, <laughs> you know, but I bought I bought a hoodie and multiple shirts and a tank top and a poster and some pins and some other shit. I don't know, but you one know, of I, each, please. <laughs> I'm on take the lot. Yes, I'll take the lot. Give me one of everything in an extra large unless it's a woman's cut, smaller medium depending on how my wife feels that day. So, but um or depending on how the shirt is made. That too. That's important. That is important. But, you know. Yeah, I, I just, uh, it, it was nice to be able to go back to the car. I kind of wish I would have bought more, to be honest. I, sh- I should have got that tour vinyl. <laughs> the tour vinyl is pretty sweet. Yeah, the, I should have got the, the tour sp- vinyl. The orange, the orange like cloud splatter yeah. look, it, it's really cool. I, we, ha- I just spun it the other, was it yesterday? <laughs> yeah, I think we're on side C. It's a double LP, so we're, we're yeah. still working on it. I think, but yeah, it's it's really cool looking. The artwork is awesome. The vinyl looks like I don't know, like ice cream or something. <laughs> it's like it's a, a and it's a threefold too. Yeah, yeah. The, that's the last two. The first Vaxis record was also in, in a trifold, and it's a uh, or gatefold, I guess, is what it's actually called. But um, yeah, it makes it interesting for storing it, but uh, just because. There's no like actual like labeled edge. It's just uh, it just folds up into itself. So <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like it folds in and like whenever I'm looking like I'm looking right now at my records and I can see like the names of the records on the side. But with the gate folds, you don't have that. It's just you just have to know that that's what <laughs> it is. It. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that because we haven't even sorted it yet because we haven't listened to it all the way through. I mean, we've listened to the album all the way through right. just many 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 times but yeah, not that specific vinyl um so that's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge we'll have to figure that one out yeah yeah i actually well, we alphabetize so you just will know yeah true yeah these days i just uh i kind of just listen to them la- those last three tracks whenever i go to listen to the record so I'll, all i need is side c and d really um <laughs> but not that i don't like the rest of the record but that has the most replay value for me personally, but we're not here to talk about the record. We're here to talk about the show. So, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so we finally get in, they do, uh, our love. Uh, that's what it's, that's the name of yeah, the song. Yeah. Right? That, was, yeah. The acoustic that, that song. was the acoustic song. Probably my least favorite song on the record. Uh, it seemed forced to me that, that song, I feel like, like Claudio had a gun to his head to write a song for people <laughs> to get married to. And that was what he came up with. Um, just kidding that's probably rude to say um <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know it's it's that's kind of one of the weaker tracks on the record but yeah so that was the early entry song sucks for half the people in line that missed it i feel bad for them for sure but uh that brings us to the waiting um and then mothica yeah mothica being the the opening act and it's funny because like looking like i had never heard of her before and then like looked at her spotify and was like she has more Spotify listeners than than Coheed or Alkaline Trio. And I was like, how is she the opener? And then I found out the other day that actually, like, I guess she's pretty popular on TikTok. Yeah. So that's what, like, is getting, so she, uh, getting her listeners. That's I had to do a little bit of research because I was confused by that, too. Um, she is she got popular on TikTok. There's a handful of songs, a couple of songs, I guess, that, like, blew up as sounds on TikToks. Yeah. And then those songs get streamed a shit ton on Spotify. So your monthly listener count gets jacked way up. I mean, that's kind of like with, honestly, Coheed's monthly listener counts probably also jacked way up because of how many playlists welcome home is in. So, I mean, you got to take those numbers with a grain of salt. Mothiga hasn't been, hasn't toured too much. Any tour that she's done has been pretty small venues. So this is kind of like her biggest tour. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense that she's kind of like lowest build where the more experienced bands that draw crowds like Coheed and Cambria does and Alkaline Trio does. Um, it makes sense that they were higher build. But yeah, honestly, for me, Mothica, 
I listened to a couple of songs leading into it and I got sort of like a like an darker Billie Eilish vibe. That's kind of what I got from that. Yeah, and I know I made this comment like at the show that she's uh she's kind of like an angsty Taylor Swift, which also <laughs> like, is which kind of is Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. So um yeah. And I love Billie Eilish. I think her music is fantastic. I own most of her records on vinyl and just I would love to go see her in concert too to be honest. So Yeah, yeah, um, I I like her music too. So it's cool to have like have gotten that experience kind of. I feel like I feel like a lot of metalheads feel the same way whether they want to admit it or not too. Like that's kind of that's kind of the sect of like pop music that I feel like is acceptable for metal heads to kind of gravitate towards a bit. Yeah. I think cause it, it has the like sort of angsty emo kind of stuff to it. So like it feeds into the, like, you know, the emo yeah. in, in, in us for sure. And, and just knowing Billie Eilish's background and how they write songs and just the musicianship of it all, I feel like lends to like you know prog is sort of the genre the musician's genre right i feel like that's gets it gets said a lot that progressive music is like the musician's genre in the sense of like they do so much crazy shit with time signatures and all that stuff that like you almost have to be a musician to fully appreciate it so seeing sort of the musicianship that goes into billy eilish's music and then I would assume Mothica's music as well, since it has such a similar, like it's almost based in rock while being pop. And there's just like yeah. a different writing style that goes into writing music like that, that I think sort of that me personally, that's what I gravitate towards and why I tend to like stuff like that. Yeah. That's me too. Like I, I appreciate music for usually it's like the instrumentation first. And then like the more I listen to it, the more I like actually delve into the lyrics and the meaning behind the lyrics. But usually like the first thing that gets me is the musicianship. And, uh, and I do like, it. it kind of has that like rock sometimes like crests into punk a little, a little bit. Yeah. Um, Especially with the live show. I feel like her music live and going back, this is Mothica specific. Um, had a lot more of like a punky rocky type vibe to it with like the three piece band set, you know? Yeah. That's what I think particularly got me was like, there was no bassist. And yeah. It was like just a three piece band was like, it gave me punk. Yeah. And it was just, it was interesting to see her music sort of take on a different identity in a live format versus like, the recorded format, which you can tell most of those instruments are programmed. So you get like a different feel in a live setting whenever you have a live band, as opposed to just singing on a track. Yeah. But what did, uh, Steph, what'd you think of Mothica? Um, I really liked her. I hadn't heard of her before the, um, before she was in the lineup and actually didn't even listen to any of her music until the show itself. And, I really liked her. Um, since then, I've been listening to her a lot, actually, on Spotify. Um, and actually, like, kind of based off what you were saying, like, I actually prefer her live um, compared to the recorded version, but still really enjoy the the recorded versions as well. Um, I think Forever 15, Buzzkill, and pretty much her whole, like, new Nocturnal album I really like. Um, just kind of the flow of that. It has a neat, neat good flow to it. Um but yeah, even just like her as a human was just, she was so sweet. She, we all kind of, we all got photos with her. She was willing to sign anything anyone wanted to sign. It was really good. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, she was just as a person, very engaging with the crowd too. Um, the first thing they did was kick these eyeball, like beach balls into the crowd to like wake <laughs> yeah, everybody up. Cool. And um, she was very into her music, very into performing. It seemed like she was in her own world a little bit, which that was, I mean, it's kind of cool that, you know, often openers don't get a whole lot of like attention and I feel like she commanded it. And I, I appreciate that. Um, especially whenever you're sort of the oddball, right? I mean, in a lineup with two rock bands that have been around since the early two thousands, probably when she was born, um, <laughs> you know, like these guys were probably, uh, making music when, 
before she was born. So I don't know her age, actually. So <laughs> She's 27. I creeped. Well, shit. Just kidding. She's not that young. She does she look super young, though? Am I wrong? What do you wrong? mean 27's not that young? What are you talking about? Well, I mean, like, I thought I was thinking, like, 21. No, no. But, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed her. I really enjoyed her a lot. Um, I liked her music a lot, and um, I thought that um, I really, I really liked her messaging. Kind of as far as like even how she became, like how she named herself Mothica. Um, the she said the reason she named herself Mothica is because she moths go towards the light. Um, even when it's kind of to their detriment and they might hurt themselves going towards the light. And she kind of, I'm probably explaining it really badly. Um, and she explained it much better, but she kind of does things like going towards the light, even if it's to her detriment. And she kind of tries as hard as she can to, to do different things and kind of being a perfectionist where you try to do things to the best of your ability, even if it kind of hurts you in the process. And I think, you know, I personally related to that a lot. Um, and I feel like a lot of people probably can. And for her to kind of, you know, say that in a live setting and not only to have that be kind of her identity and, but to also talk about it, um, in her live show, I thought was really cool. Um, the other thing that I really appreciated about her was that she kind of, she talked a lot about her own, um, journey and struggle with mental health. Um, and being a person myself who struggles with a lot of different mental health issues, I felt like that was just really inspiring to kind of see how just vulnerable and open she was willing to be live on stage in a crowd of, you know, in front of a crowd of how many hundreds of people, you know, and kind of not be shy about that. And I think, you know, that's so important to kind of be open about those things in a public space that way to kind of open up that conversation about mental health and for her to be, you know, a person who's doing that, um, in such a public way, I think is, you know, really inspiring. And I've just like Steph said, I've also been, um, like listening to her music a lot, um, and kind of was looking through her Instagram and she had a, a photo of her and a, um, her and a, a young child. I think that the kid was like 10 or 11. Um, and yeah, that, that was a really nice post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It said something about how, um, that that child was also struggling with mental health. And, and I don't remember the details of the post Steph. I don't know if you do. Um, uh, I think she, the young girl had, I think you said, I think she was like nine and almost 10 or something and thought about like spoke to Mothica about how she personally was considering ending her own life. And, and it seemed like Mothica really was trying to say, you know, mental health is important and we need to, you know, even in these young kids, because her one song forever 15, the lyrics is, you know, too, they say you're too young to be this sad and saying like, you know, even somebody that young can have depression and, Su you know, suicidal thoughts and things. So, yeah, sorry to, to kind of get really <laughs> real on the podcast, but I just think that that is so important because mental health is something that so many people in this world struggle with. And I, we are getting so much more open with it, but it's still definitely stigmatized. So for someone to be able to talk about that in a public space and, and kind of sing about it and be open about it, I think is, is really inspiring. And, um, she just seemed like such a cool person. I appreciate, um, her taking a picture of me and stuff, even though we were kind of soggy <laughs> from the rain. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I just really enjoy her music too. So definitely props to Mothica. Yeah. She was just like a, a, a normal human and just wanted to connect with all of her fans, which was really cool. Yeah. I, I enjoyed her music. Um, I, I actually didn't, was the only one I think that didn't get a photo with, with her actually. The only one in the whole building. Not the ball. Missed <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, but she seemed super cool and like, she seemed very genuine and her music was it was a lot of fun to listen to. Like she had a good stage presence and you know, like you were saying earlier, Dan, like a lot of times the opener doesn't get the, a lot of attention, but I feel like everybody that was there 
was like eyes on the stage, paying attention. People were like bobbing their head and dancing. And then those like eyeball beach balls were being hit around. And yeah, I feel like, like I feel like between time. between the beach balls and just like her trying to engage the crowd and stuff like she sort of commanded attention where a lot of opening acts come out, do their thing. Say like, all right, who's excited for Coheed? Who's excited for this? All right, we'll see you later. <laughs> and then like, that's it where she kind of came out and was asking questions and engaging the crowd and the whole beach ball thing. Like, you know, yeah, if you don't pay attention, you're going to hit in the face. (laughs) You You have no, yeah. Like it's, I, I feel like she commanded, you know, commanded attention. And I think that probably worked in her favor. I feel like she probably, you know, garnered some new fans. I'm sure there were some people that hated every second of it because Coheed has such like a, a wide array of fans, you know, cause they have something for everyone in their discography. So they have a lot of pop leaning fans who probably really enjoyed Mothica. Like Colleen and I. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or, or they have a lot of like, you know, metalhead fans who are more into like the welcome home and, and the willing wells and your, the ladder ladders of supremacy and like dark sentence or gutter stuff like that. You know, there are songs that are more garnered towards like prog fans, metal fans than pop fans. And those people who prefer that stuff may not have enjoyed themselves during Mothica set, but I consider myself one of those people (laughs) and I thought it was great. I thought it was fine. You know, I, I, it's not necessarily something I'm going to listen to all the time personally, but I don't listen to Billie Eilish all the time either. And I really like her music. Yeah. So I enjoyed Mothica's music. I definitely will, listen to whatever new stuff she puts out and see kind of where she trends in her, her career, so to speak, because it's still super young into her career. So, uh, yeah, real intrigued to see where it goes, but shout out to Mothica. Thanks for, uh, being kind of real on stage and being open and available to all of the fans. I mean, it was a, just, she just had a line form and she sat at her merch booth and signed anything anybody wanted her to sign. And, took pictures of including inhalers and I literally saw a video of her signing the crust of a pizza. <laughs> yeah. Like that's... that is impressive. She said the next thing she's after is to sign someone's car. <laughs> yeah. She, it was funny. She made a post. She's like, I signed two boobs. And someone was like, was it the same person's <laughs> boobs? Like, was it two different boobs? Like, Two individual boobs yes. or two sets of boobs? Yes, exactly. We, we that's these are the questions people want to know, Monica. But uh, anyways, so yeah, it, really cool experience. Uh, an engaging opener. Obviously, not necessarily something that Matt, you or I would probably normally gravitate towards. But it was all right. I enjoyed it. And yeah, I think I, our wives. Girls loved it. I was gonna say our, <laughs> our wives are now like number one fans. So, but uh, moving on. So. After Mothica, it was supposed to be Dance Gavin Dance. Yeah. However, we all know what happened there. Um, Their band got into some turmoil, and uh, they were removed from the bill, and Alkaline Trio was added in their stay, and (laughs) I mean... The, The pause says it all. I guess it does, because it's hard for... So... They have an album. It's called The Crimson or Crimson or something like that. It came back. I came out back in like two thousand four, and there were there was at least one song, maybe a couple songs that were on a couple video games and stuff. And back then, I was into that record. Um, Time to waste in in particular that song. I remember seeing that music video on like MTV or Fuse or some shit, and being like, "This is heavy. What is this?" It wasn't that heavy, but the, <laughs> but the intro to it like makes it sound like it's about to blow your freaking brains out and then it's not but um for a kid in 2004 let's just like um (laughs) temper expectations right so whenever i saw them replace dance gavin dance i felt like personally they should have went with like a prog metal band um or like a prog rock band i guess but like some someone like the contortionist or like someone in that vein like the a similar vein like idola or yeah, um, that would have been cool. Like uh, cool show to... Era or 
Low. I was rooting for an emo band like My Chemical Romance <laughs> or something like that. That would have been I, Hawthorne Heights. <laughs> Hawthorne Heights went to a show. Did you guys see that? No. no. What show? Emo fan. Uh, they went to the their North Carolina show. I, I did see yeah, it on social media because they were tweeting about it and stuff. They they tweeted about like what are the set? What does anybody know the set times? And then they they tweeted and they were like, uh, Coheed is like are the undisputed gods of like live rock oh, music and stuff that. like that. Like they just so that's kind of cool. Speaking of Hawthorne Heights, again, I'm not like an emo, but like for all our emo fans, um, but anyways, yeah, no shame. But I I felt like they the fan base of Dance Gavin Dance who bought tickets would have been better served with a replacement more similar to Dance Gavin Dance like Seder even or Idola or Royal Coda or Hail the Sun uh, or, Hail know, the like Sun would have been there's I've so been so many excited. there's so many bands that I feel like would have fit better as a replacement. Um, but they went with Alkaline Trio, which I mean, bands already have touring stuff lined up. And whenever you're making a last minute decision, you kind of are handcuffed. But anyways, I would have been more excited with probably just about anybody else. And that's rude to say, because I did like Alkaline Trio, like back in the like earlier to mid, like, like 2004, 2000, 2004 to like 2010, I would have been all for it. I've actually like... I've never listened to them. Like I knew of their existence. Like Alkaline Trio is like a pretty big name. Yeah. So I was not like unaware of their existence, but I had somehow managed to not listen to any of their songs. Like even the ones that you had told me that were like, oh, this was in a video game and I play a lot of video games and I'm still like, nope, no idea what this is. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, I went into it, like tried to be like open-minded, but when I listened to the stuff on Spotify, I was just kind of like, Nothing's really grabbing me, and yeah, I don't know. It kind of like it's kind of like it's just like rock punk kind of like straddles the line there, um, and like it's not bad by any means, but it like didn't really do anything to like keep me enthralled. And uh, I mean, I know like the singer, he is. He subbed in for, for uh, uh, Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, for Tom yep. DeLonge, and like I read something online that like apparently they rec- Blink One Eighty Two recorded a new album and didn't even tell him, so he wasn't even aware. And now he's like not sure if he's still in Blink One Eighty Two. <laughs> so there's like a whole I bunch of weird that. shit yeah. going on with that. But I didn't know that they recorded a new album, but I did know that he is sort of on the fence of whether or not he's still in blink 182 and i know tom DeLong has been sort of teasing about like he changed his instagram bio like makes music in blink 182 and angels and airwaves so i i think i mean tom i think tom's coming back to blink but again yeah that's that's neither here nor there so Uh, i was honestly (laughs) surprised like with all of that going on like it seemed weird to me to have like alkaline trios like well is he in Blake 22? Is he not like, you know, they're recording, like how is he able to do this tour and what, like what's going on there? So I was kind of surprised about that part, but, um, I mean, I, I think they put on an entertaining live show from, yeah. And there, there were stuff that I watched, but there was a surprising number of people there for alkaline trio. It seemed. Yeah. I was, that's that's cool. Um, I mean, again, I, I, if this, if that, lineup happened in 2010 like if they were touring like in support of no world for tomorrow and alkaline trio was support like i wouldn't have even batted it an eye at that lineup like and i probably would have enjoyed myself i i'm not a big dance gavin dance fan i think we've kind of established that on previous episodes (laughs) but i listened to their entire freaking discography leading up to this tour like made it a point to listen (laughs) to every single song that they've ever made and I think that made me a little salty. Like <laughs> that I literally put all that time and effort to get prepared for this show and tour and whatever. And then fucking alkaline trio is there instead. I just have to say this quote for those who don't know, which is probably most of the fans listening. I'm a huge Disney fan. And I just need to quote Buzz Lightyear here and say years of training and Academy wasted. This must be how you feel right now, Dan. That's exactly how I feel. That is exactly how I feel. That, <laughs> that 
pretty much sums it up. Yeah, that's quite an undertaking because they have so a pretty much. deep oh. discography. So, like, oh. that's a lot to listen, I listen to. And... I listen to the instrumentals. Like, I listen to everything. Yeah. Like, it just, and then all that just for And then nothing. Alkaline Trio took over. But again, I, it was really cool for me to see them play Time to Waste um, because that that's probably the biggest Alkaline Trio song for me. I, like I said, it sounds so heavy when it starts, even though it's not that heavy of a song. In 2004, it was heavy. But um, I just, I I did enjoy seeing that. There was nostalgia attached to that. But for the most part, I, I mean, I could have, I guess, done without that. Like any of, I don't know. I, I, I was, it was good. It was fine. It was, it was entertaining enough. I just had no, like my excitement level was very low. Yeah. And I, that's my own fault, I guess, you know, because I didn't listen to Alkaline Trio's entire goddamn discography <laughs> leading up to it. So. You weren't going to make that same mistake twice. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, a lot of people had a good time. They had, they had, they were received well. I think there was even like a, a, like a little bit of pit activity for them, which was, you know, typically that doesn't even happen until the, the, uh, headlining band for a lot of shows like this, especially whenever, it's not really mosh music. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, overall alkaline trio. I mean, I went and got a picture with Mothica and ate a cheeseburger, um, <laughs> but really enjoyed time to waste. And honestly, like a lot of their music that I forgot, you know, Oh, I know this song kind of stuff, but not enough to be like singing and bopping along with it. But, you know, I was like, Oh, I recognize this. So, yeah, I definitely was like bobbing my head to some <laughs> some songs and like since I didn't know them, I wasn't like obviously singing along or anything, but it was you know, it was they put on a good show and they were, you know, energetic and you know, I think it was fun, but yeah, I mean, ultimately being a predominantly a, a metalhead and so like kind of hearing them where they were more just like pure in the rock maybe like a little in, like cresting into the punk yeah. category was just kind of like they're like crimson by. their crimson record has or again i don't know if it's the crimson if it's just crimson if it's something crimson whatever it's very much rooted in like punk yeah, yeah i remember asking you i'm like are they punk i've heard, yeah. punk. I've never like, heard of them before did you ask me that during the show didn't yes, you I yeah asked you and matt yeah <laughs> Yeah, they're they're definitely they come up in like that vein, like that punk rock vein for sure. Um, I would say a lot of their newer stuff is more in like that alt rock category, but I think they're probably they're they're rooted in punk, so that makes sense. Yeah, and I figure with him being like taking you know the reins in Blink One Eighty Two, it also like yeah. lends to like well, they're probably fans of Blink One Eighty Two and. Right. And stuff, so that there's probably getting some influence from there. For sure. Do you guys uh, have anything to add on Alkaline Trio? I just don't want to silence your voices. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to say about them. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I disliked them, but I also... I think during the show you said, I'd give them a solid C-. minus. <laughs> <laughs> just middle of the road. All right. All right. I was trying to not bring that up, Steph. That's <laughs> okay. Exposed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I didn't... Still passing. Yeah, they, they passed. I mean, just barely, but they did. They, did. they could still, you know, they weren't held back in fifth grade or anything. But mm. yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, I was just so... I, I was really kind of swept away I guess I'll say by Mothica when she played and kind of like listened to her a little bit before the show and when she played just kind of like immediately was like oh my gosh I love her and then when Alkaline Trio was playing the whole time I was just like okay where's Coheed so I kind of feel like I didn't really give them a fair shot whereas maybe if they were playing in like a different venue at a different time then you know I might have kind of paid more attention and maybe given them a C plus who knows um we were still coming down from that high of <laughs> yes I still am still trying to come down um but yeah they were just kind of okay in my book I think that's fair but I think we should get to the band that actually gave everybody the high that they were looking for and that's Coed and Cambria um I absolutely love the way that they opened the show by the way I just like yeah. the fact that they opened with Dark Sentencer 
is just, and this isn't going to be a spoiler because most of the people listening to this, I feel like the tour is probably going to be over by then. There's not a lot of shows left. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think there's tons. But left um, regardless, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, well, I guess like the spoiler. Uh, there will be more spoilers. You already know Dark Sentencer was the open. Anyway. Go back about 10 seconds. <laughs> Rewind. Pretend you didn't hear this. So the fact that they opened with Dark Sentencer is just sweet. I That song is honestly probably the closest song. No. Ladders of Supremacy, but they didn't play that. But Ladders of Supremacy is the closest song to like my prog metal heart. But Dark Sentencer is up there, too. And then from Dark Sentencer into the gutter, which like their two proggiest songs off of the f- the first Vaxis record, they open the show with those. Yeah, it was like, quite right out of the that's gates. Awesome it was just to me. like balls to the wall, yeah. ready to get everyone pumped up. I was I was so ready for that shit. And then it's strange that they do like prologue, the prologue into Dark Sentencer, and then essentially the prologue of the new Vaxis record, which is Embers of Fire, um, right into uh, Beautiful Losers. So it's like the way both Vaxis records open, they kind of like, they essentially opened twice. Yeah, it was kind of weird that they had both openers, but I think because they both sample the same song yeah that like it it makes sense and it was just kind of like an interlude and leads into the next one yeah you had all kinds of old flames samples without them playing old flames <laughs> yeah yeah they actually didn't play old flames but right. they, they played it because there's because there's uh because they closed their main set before their encore with windows of the waking mind which also, also samples has old yeah, flames yeah. so <laughs> So yeah, they have multiple multiple tracks that sample Old Flames. They did not play Old Flames. Um, Beautiful Losers, one of my favorite songs off the new record. That's not the last three tracks because the last three tracks stand alone in my opinion. They're like tier A and then Beautiful Losers is like tier B and then everything else is somewhere else. But um, that's not to say that the rest of the record isn't good because this, in my opinion, is their best record since Good Apollo 1. But... Um, but yeah, those last three kind of stand on their own. They played uh, Windows of the Waking Mind, and they played... Did they play Rise? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they so they played Rise. So the only the only track that they didn't play of their epic last three tracks on that record was Ladders, which is by far the best song. So, yeah, I love that song so much. Dude, I, honestly, <laughs> the more I listen to it, the more I, it like bumps up my list, which is so... <laughs> it's so hard to put it ahead of songs like in keeping secrets or any of the willing wells, but honestly it's essentially like a willing well track. Like it's like, it's like if any of the willing wells and songs like dark sentencer had like a love child. (laughs) Yeah. So good, but they didn't play it live and this is about the show. So let's talk about the show. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) If you didn't notice, Dan gets easily distracted when talking about Coheed. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I, it's yeah. that's why our Coheed episode was like three hours long. So <laughs> sorry about that, by the way. Literally three hours. Yeah, it literally. Was, it was like, yeah, like two and a half. Like that's... Steph and I just sat downstairs and drank sangria while they recorded yeah, a podcast we were, for three hours. We got drunk. Yeah, fun story. So the day we recorded that episode... Another tangent, but whatever. The the day we recorded that episode, we were having like a cookout slash like, you know, fire just kind of situation, just like a hangout session at our (laughs) house. And so me and Matt are like, oh, we're going to go upstairs and record this. Like, and uh, Steph and Colleen were downstairs. Steph made like sangria or something or something. Or Colleen. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I apologize. And I think we came down and, uh, Three hours later, they were both hammered. So (laughs) uh, (laughs) they were both squinty eyed. Yeah, we we took so long recording that that episode that we got down there. We they thought we abandoned them and they just got drunk by themselves. (laughs) What else were we supposed to do? I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. But yeah, so that was fun. Um, That that day actually was a lot of fun. But uh, anyways. So we're going to do that again, except they're actually on the podcast, so they can't get hammered. Or actually, they're getting hammered right now. You just don't see it. But, Pod sauce. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's a fun little side story. But anyway, <laughs> so they played mostly Vaxxas tracks on the, at this show. I mean, most I, I would say over 50% of the set list was Vaxxas 1 or Vaxxas 2. I mean, they played... Yeah. 
I mean, the intro, the prologue plus Dark Sentencer plus The Gutter. Um, they played Disappearing Act. They played Blood. They played... Um, Nyanasha, they played Shoulders. Nyanasha, they played Shoulders. They played Liar's Club. They played Windows of the Waking Mind. So literally, like, most of the... <laughs> yeah. Most of, like, at least half of the set list was Vax's stuff. But they sprinkled in some... some uh, some classics. They played yeah. everything evil, which was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the only second stage track they played, but they played it. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that was the only one from that. And then they did uh, Inkeepy Secrets. Yep. And it was Blood Red Summer. They played Blood Red Summer. They played Favor House. House. They played The Suffering. They played Welcome Home. Obviously, they close with that pretty much every show. That's their go to. Yeah. Um, Typically, if they don't close with that, they'll still encore with it and then close with like the the final cut or something like that, which is also cool. That would be but, cool. But um, yeah, honestly, I think what songs did they play that weren't on either the first three records or the last two? They had No World for Tomorrow. Obviously, didn't they play one? They didn't from play after? No World for Tomorrow. Oh, Wait, you they... meant like they played a song from No World for Tomorrow. They didn't play No World for Tomorrow. Yeah, they, they no, it was the running. They played free the running from free. No yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't they play an Afterman song? They didn't play any Afterman songs. They played Ghost off of Color Before the Sun, which was kind of yeah. cool. They had like a little jam sesh after it, which was kind of neat. That I was d- pretty cool. They like, because Ghost is a very short, like acoustic, chill song. Um, and they kind of did like a little jam band sesh afterwards. Uh, which yeah, they was, turned I mean, that song cool. into, it was probably like a five or six minute yeah, with, between the song and then like the jamming afterwards, it was pretty yep. cool. Yeah, but uh, it was a it was a nice mix, I guess, of like some of their older stuff in sort of uh, you know the this other fifty percent of the song. So it was a nice mix. I would have liked to have seen some uh, Afterman tracks. Uh, yeah, that would have been. I would have liked nice. to have seen like uh, Domino or Century or. Um, gravity's union something like that like peppered in with the songs like the songs they opened with uh, with how like you know opening with dark sentencer and gutter and playing rise and playing windows of the waking mind and welcome home and in keeping secrets it just would have been so epic if they would have like instead of running free pay, play like uh gravity's union i my my kind of like theory between like behind their set list was that they picked the songs not knowing what the reception for the new album would be. And since they wanted to play songs from it, they tried to like start it off with stuff that they know people love and end it with stuff they know people love and then pepper in the new stuff. But like also if you didn't like it, it'd be like, Oh, there's like two songs and then we play something old and then we go back to the new album. So they were kind of like, if you didn't if like it, your spirits are down. Bring it back up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like enough to keep you like that makes sense. Give you the highs every so often in the middle. I mean, I was excited the whole time, but yeah. I know some people. I've seen like in the uh, Children of Fence Facebook group that some people aren't as excited about the new album as I am, and so maybe they would not have enjoyed it as much. But I love it. So honestly, I I've can been just go away. This like I said, this was. <laughs> This was my 20th show, and I've seen multiple shows where they were touring in support of a new record that they just released. I've been the Afterman release show whenever they toured with Between the Buried and Me. Um, When they released Vaxis One, they toured with Mastodon and and Every Time I Die. And honestly, this is the most like new songs I've seen them play in a tour ever. Like they played like six or seven songs off of Vaxis too. Like that's that's a lot. Yeah, it was a surprising number. Like I don't think I realized how many there were until we actually were watching them play. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, it's another one and another one. And it just like kept going yeah. up. I'm like, did they play the whole album? Except Honestly, for ladders. I, yeah, except for ladders. <laughs> except for the one song we really wanted to I mean, it was really cool to see them play uh, Windows of the Waking Mind. Um, and the way th- I was curious to see how they would like, sh- how they would play that live. It's such a long song and it's such a, like, 
it's very proggy and there's different changes and stuff. It was cool to see because it opens as an like acoustic and then it goes to electric. So Claudio had his acoustic guitar mounted on like a stand. Yeah. And he had his electric on his back and he played the acoustic part and then they took the acoustic part away and he pulled his electric out to to play like the rest of the song, which was cool. The only other person I've ever seen do that is Tos Nabasi. Jason uh, Richardson does has done it. I saw like a video a couple weeks ago actually on Instagram that he is had. he touring his new record. Uh yeah, I think so. I think him and Luke Holland. Him and are, Luke Holland. Yeah, yeah. I saw whenever they toured the first record. Posters on the wall. Nice. But, yeah, uh, I saw a video that Luke Holland they did like a rock paper scissors thing with one of the other bands and. Uh, they whoever lost had to wear flip flops to play. Oh, <laughs> and he was he lost, so he had to play drums Yikes. and flip flops. <laughs> That's rough. But yeah, they put on a great show. Um, but yeah, so that the only other person I've ever seen do that was Tosa Nabasi. Uh, and yeah, I thought that was really cool. Uh, obviously, they end up closing with Welcome Home, but they threw uh. The Suffering in as an encore, too. So they played both of those tracks back to back. Yeah, it's the first show I've ever seen where they had two encores. So yeah. That was cool. I've seen, I've been to a couple where the band will come out and like play three songs. Well, no, wait, we that's not true. We just went to Darkest Hour. They played three songs. Oh, yeah, I guess. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but did um, they even, how soon they forget. <laughs> but they didn't like, I guess they did leave the stage. Yeah, and they needed to play three songs probably because they were playing it. They played Deliver Us in its entirety, so they needed to change it up a little bit and play something else. Yeah. <laughs> need to give you a bigger sample size. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, overall, honestly, this show for me, you know, some probably somewhere in the middle as far as just memorable Coheed shows since I've been to 20. Obviously, I have more. It's It's higher up than it would be because I got to go with all of you guys. Oh, yeah. and, and it's cool. It's cool that like you guys got to, that was your first experience. And like, I have, I haven't been able to feel that way in so long for Coheed because I've seen them so many. <laughs> You're riding times. our high. Right. Like watching so a like, kid on Christmas. It is it, like, I was enjoying like seeing you guys have a good time. And, uh, and I mean, it was cool to see a lot of the new songs too. And the fact that they opened with dark sensor and I love that song and the gutter is like, both of those songs are like top 20 Coheed songs for me. So, um and in keeping secrets obviously but they play that every show i feel like but it was cool to go to the pit for that yeah. right I <laughs> that drew, was a lot of fun until we got smacked into a wall yeah yeah and almost thrown up on the it's know, funny because we went into the pit and you guys had the worst know, time we yeah. we went to the pit and you guys got like annihilated and we came out scotch-free and you guys are like we need to leave like, yeah we got pinned up against the wall and that's when i had to put my mask on because i was like i don't really know what to do in this situation so i'm just gonna put my mask on and hope for the best and this man started charging literally charging towards us with like the puke face like he was like dry heaving and i can't oh wouldn't it, it wouldn't it be funny if it was the dude we like kicked out of the pit oh yeah i got punched in the pit i as soon as i walk in i get punched this girl punches me and tells me to fuck off or something and i'm like well, i just got here like and so apparently her man was like belligerent in the pit yeah, and, and they were throwing like him, out, him out. Yeah, and we were just coming in, so you know we we had nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah, you were in the the wrong place at the wrong yeah. time, so you got slugged. <laughs> I got slugged. I got punched in the in the shoulder for no reason. At least it wasn't the face. I mean, this is the money maker. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. You guys are too old to mosh. It's just it's listen. Over. We had a great time. Yeah, that was fun. I don't know about being awesome. too too old for certain mosh pits not too old for a coheed mosh pit yeah we we can still handle it's the like 50 percent hugs 25 percent rainbows and then like 25 percent moshing you guys are just in there with your walkers like oh this is a great time <laughs> and i guarantee you when we're walker age if coheed is still alive and performing there will be at least 40 other people with their walkers and that yeah. pit with us <laughs> well i'll be holding our walkers <laughs> up when they say man your own jack henry yeah. man your own walker, walker. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I honestly, I I hope they tour forever. I hope they, I hope they're like. And then it, Atlas can just take over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, when Claudio's too. Claudio old. will sit in a chair, play guitar. Atlas can take vocals. <laughs> I'd love that. No That'd pressure, Atlas. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. No, we're not gonna force you into showbiz. You know, I feel like with a name like Atlas Hendrix Sanchez, you probably 
have to do something in music, but you don't have to, <laughs> but you probably should. <laughs> we won't force you, but actually we will. He's already got more music, like more uh, credits on tracks than we do, right? He's, yeah. he's on Embers of Fire. That's probably got like almost a million streams on Spotify <laughs> at this point. He's killing it. Yeah. He's... More than a lot of bands that we listen to can say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> So good for him. He's going to be like a little platinum artist before he's <laughs> yeah. even got a band. But uh, yeah, again, overall, somewhere in the middle, probably just because the support. Well, I mean, whenever you've seen Coheed with bands like The Deer Hunter or Mastodon or Every Time I Die or Between the Buried and Me, Russian Circles. Mothica. Mothica. Thank you, scientist. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's tough to kind of compete with a lineup like Coheed, BT, Bam, Russian Circles. So... Mothica. Mothica. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, it was nice that people in this group discovered Mothica. And for me personally, I, I did enjoy that as well. So that's, you know, I'll definitely listen to whatever she puts out moving forward. But overall, very cool show. Had a great time. Great friends. Great music. You know, can't beat that. Yeah, it was a good time. I, you know, I could have done with maybe changing up that Alkaline Trio to a more yeah. similar band, but I, I, overall, I try not. It was I'm trying not to shit on Alkaline Trio too much because it's not like they're a bad band. Well, yeah, that's. that's I'm just, not saying I just not my have, cup of tea. Yeah, and I mean. when you have a certain expectation for a tour, and then like that gets subbed in last second, and that, that as if they're like oh, that piece of shit. But no, but like <laughs> when 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 that type of change is made, you know it's tough to sort of get excited for it. And again, our time to waste was sweet. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> overall, yeah, not saying I hated them or anything, just yeah. I hadn't listened to them much before. Like I don't have that like nostalgia factor with them or anything. So to me, it was like a band I've never really listened to and not really what I normally listen to. So it just didn't like hit home with me, but yeah. it wasn't bad by any means. And like they put on an enjoyable show. It's just like, like you said, I would have enjoyed if like a Russian circles or something instead, yeah. just because that is my my jam. And I just think they would have done better to their ticket holders who bought tickets to see Dance Gavin dance to sub in a band more, a more similar. similar. Yeah, that's that's my only knock. But it, they were fine live. Time to waste was sick. There was my nostalgia, and that's about it. So, yeah. Overall, uh, if you if you caught a show on this tour, let us know. Uh, what you thought. Uh, did you also fall in love with Mothica like our wives did? <laughs> um, you know, what did you think of Alkaline Trio? Were you excited about that change? Who would you have rather seen in that spot? Like a Hail the Sun or an Iadola, a Royal Coda, you know, a, a band more similar. But, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, good show. Let us know what you thought if you saw it or if you're going to see it. Again, I think the tour is wrapping pretty soon. Yeah, but, I think there's um, only like four or five maybe stops yeah. left. But I mean, it's it is early August. So I'm hoping for like a fall winter announcement for a tour as well, and maybe something a little different. So we'll see what we get. But uh, yeah, I mean that's about all I got. You guys have anything else you want to say to the fine people listening to us here? Anybody? I just have to say this was my favorite Coheed show I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> One of one. One of one, yeah. There you go. What about you, Steph? What's your favorite Coheed show that you've ever seen since you're up to, this is your um, third? I think, I think my, was my first this other stage eight you one that, where it rained also? Yeah. <laughs> um. That was with Taking Back Sunday, That was Taking it? Back yeah. Sunday. Oh, so that, that had sounds... more of the emo, like, and vibe, which I liked. Yeah, Taking Back Sunday and uh, The Story So Far. Oh, damn. That's a, yeah. that's a pretty yeah. solid lineup. That sounds like a good lineup. But yeah. I also enjoyed the one we went to North Carolina for. Because we actually were yeah. front stage. Like, and, yeah, we were on the I rail. wasn't getting shoved, which was nice. Then. <laughs> yeah, we went to Asheville. And, and we did all the breweries then, so I'm like thinking about all that. That so. trip that, that trip, trip was, was great. fun. Yeah. I don't know. So it's probably third. All... It's third. Out of, <laughs> it's three out of three. That makes no. sense. No. But like comp the company was, reasons. yeah, the company was a little bit, but yeah, they're all, they all have their own. Just a little bit better. Yeah. Every Coheed show is one A, one B, one C until you run out of letters of the exactly. alphabet. So. And then one, two, one, <laughs> three. In all seriousness though, I, I do really enjoy the new album a lot. And I know this might be an unpopular opinion, at least within this room, but oh God, it don't is, say it. I'm going to say it. it. It's my favorite album Boo. that they've put out. 
all yeah. of her opinions, all of her, everything she said is now completely invalidated <laughs> to everybody listening. Because, no, I'm just kidding. If, uh, if the listeners didn't already know, Dan is very mean. No. Um, no. <laughs> but no. Disregard. <laughs> she, Windows of the Waking Mind is well, that in post. Album, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I obviously really enjoy the new album a lot. So I really appreciated the fact that they played so many songs from that. And, you know, just with it being my first ever Coheed show, they, they certainly did not disappoint and you know I, I wish that we could have gotten to see the acoustic song but you know the the sandwiches were a good backup so you know all good <laughs> for sure yeah and this was their biggest theatrical performance i feel like that they've ever put on seeing them 20 times this is like high up there so you got to see a good one but um just as far as stage presence yeah, and effects so and shit there was so much stuff so going theatrical. on yeah really they had like an inflatable shit like going on like every, yeah thing. like stuff was stuff was real stuff was getting real but all the screens with yeah them. and i've mean i've seen them use those to a degree before but never to the level that they did it was yeah, they yeah. had like a movie playing in the background yeah, so they they're definitely getting a lot more uh you know a lot more i don't know theatrical for lack of a better term but yeah, I really like, I was going to say, I really like the inflatable thing. I want to, like, put that in my yard for Halloween. Like, can we buy that at Home Depot with the other inflatable things? That was really cool. <laughs> if they ever auction it off, you'll have to fight with one of the Devons. And if either of you are listening, I'm sure you want, everybody understands that one of you will end up with it. So we get it. It's not even, it's not even, I don't, I, yeah, it's not even worth trying. But, <laughs> but anyways... Uh, I think that's it for this episode, guys. I, before it turns into another two-hour Coheed episode, <laughs> I think we should probably wrap it. But thank you so much, Colleen and Steph, for jumping on with us and uh, for going to the show with us and putting up with us and living with us and dealing with our bullshit. So, um, <laughs> And thanks to all of you for listening again. Uh, like, subscribe, rate, all that fun stuff, and uh, keep an eye out. I think we're going to do another Hidden Gems soon. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And then... Whatever else we come up with, if you guys have any suggestions, ideas, whatever for episodes in the future, feel free to reach out to us. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks.